0: Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies and is sponsored this week by Holborn. Hello, everyone. I'm Kathy Imus, and today on this Thanksgiving Eve, we're uncovering solutions for future pandemics. How NAMIC is working with Congress to protect policyholders from future economic hardships. And Community Resilience. Details on FEMA's new report highlighting the power of building codes to reduce disaster losses. Plus, a history of helping. After 100 years in business, Holborn's CEO shares how the company has always been there to give back. But first, The federal government has officially recognized former Vice President Joe Biden as the apparent winner of the November 3rd election, a move that allows Biden to coordinate with federal agencies as part of the transition of power. The move comes after Michigan's statewide electoral board certified the election for Biden. A hand tally of ballots cast in Georgia confirmed Biden as the winner in that state. And electoral college votes for Biden were certified in Arizona. The president-elect is now moving quickly to fill out his administration, announcing several picks this week for his cabinet with a focus on diversity. Developing a plan to ensure against future pandemics remains a top priority for Congress, with testimony presented last week before the House Financial Services Subcommittee on Housing, Community Development and Insurance. During a hearing titled Insuring Against a Pandemic, Challenges and Solutions for Policyholders and Insurers, NEMIC board member, Shelter Insurance Companies, Senior Corporate Counsel Brian Kuhlman, represented the association. He told legislators if Congress wants to design a solution that would best help businesses during future pandemics, it should consider the Business Continuity Protection Program.
1: Modeled loosely after the
0: war, war damages insurance corporation created by Congress during World War II... The BCPP would provide a straightforward revenue replacement solution for businesses and nonprofits of all sizes. The BCPP would set up a program in the U.S. Treasury to administer a federally subsidized revenue replacement product available to any business or nonprofit in the U.S. America's small businesses could access the product through a simple application to purchase up to three months of up to 80 percent revenue replacement distributed through licensed insurance professionals businesses could then use these funds to pay salaries, rent, and other operating costs during the pandemic. Kuhlman also reiterated to Congress that pandemics are not insurable events. The BCPP was developed jointly by NAMIC, the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America, and the American Property Casualty Insurance Association. The Federal Emergency Management Agency released a study examining the effect building codes have on reducing disaster losses by attempting to quantify the value of codes in reducing nationwide damage. In addition to highlighting that $11 is saved for every dollar spent on more resilient construction, the study found that adopting, updating, and enforcing modern building codes has a direct and strong impact on community resilience. FEMA points out, the best opportunity a community has to reduce losses is to appeal to the public to improve the disaster resistance of their homes. Ultimately, the agency is hopeful the study's findings will prompt increased state and local code adoption. NAMIC and the Build Strong Coalition have been working on Capitol Hill and around the nation to advance policies that increase the use of modern building codes. This includes leveraging new opportunities created by the Building Resilient Infrastructure and Communities Program that was created by the Disaster Recovery Reform Act of 2018. One of the great things about property casualty insurers is their longevity. And after 100 years in business, Holborn has helped its customers survive a number of natural disasters. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamniss talks with Holborn President and CEO Frank Harrison about how those long-term relationships have made a difference in the company's success.
1: Joining me today on Unscripted is Frank Harrison, President and CEO of Holborn. The reinsurance company is celebrating its centennial anniversary this year, and Frank is only the third CEO in Holborn's 100-year history. Frank, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks, Chuck. It's a pleasure to be with
1: you. Well, you know, first I want to say congratulations on the 100th anniversary. You know, NAMIC has just uh, passed a milestone, on 125th anniversary, and, you know, we didn't get to celebrate the way we wanted in Boston, uh, and I know you didn't get to celebrate the way you had hoped um, due to the pandemic, which we're obviously experiencing. So how have you uh, recognized that milestone this year?
2: It is a huge milestone, obviously. And, you know, I I think one of my new sayings of the year is uh, that's so 2020. And, you know, the year where you expect the unexpected or, you know, you just deal with adversity seemingly at every turn. As you well know, because you were one of our invited guests who had accepted our invitation, we had planned literally for years in advance quite a regal event to be held at Kensington Palace uh, in in London. And the reason we chose that site is we were born out of Lloyd's and we thought it appropriate to celebrate our roots there. Kind of devastating for me, quite honestly, personally, because of all the planning that had gone into it and the, the guest list really read like a who's who of the industry. We had a number of the CEOs and top people from our client companies prepared to join You know, the CEO and the top underwriters of Lloyd's, lots of the CEOs and top underwriters and managers of the continental European Reinsurers and 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 actually, uh, a little-known fact, but one of our outstanding outside board members is a woman named Jacqueline Stapp, and in this case, uh, her husband, who is going to join the event as well, happens to be a rock star. His name is Scott Stapp of Creed, so... We even had a rock star prepared (laughs) to join the event. So we didn't get to do that, Uh, at least on paper. We've rescheduled the event for May of 2021. But, you know, as you know, with the virus spiking right now, there's still such great uncertainty. Uh, That may be in jeopardy. So what have we done? Well, I'd like to tell you we've done a lot of really swift things, but the reality is we're, we're sort of winging it as best we can as the year has gone on. Uh, the date was May 7th of 2020. So on that day, um, as we quarantined at home, my wife and I stepped onto our back deck and we did a little selfie video that started with hear ye, hear ye," and uh, we sent it to all our clients and and we proposed a toast for the first 100 years. And um, you know, it was a little cheesy, a little corny, but it was a way of acknowledging the milestone and. I guess this is not in lieu of a celebration, but we are we are working with an outside firm, and we've got some really interesting artifacts and pictures and stories and history, and we're going to write the history of the first 100 years uh, and try to do it justice as best we can. But in all honesty, mostly what we're doing is trying to service our clients in, in the virtual world that we find ourselves in, uh, and in a much, much firming reinsurance marketplace as we speak. So we we've actually got our hands full at present.
1: Well, and and thank you for the invitation. You know, I only go international business travel maybe once or twice a year and that your celebration, which I was looking forward to fit in perfectly, unbelievably, uh, you know, it never happens this way, but it was right at the front end of an already scheduled meeting that I had with the European uh, mutuals in Spain, I think. So, uh, anyway, it fit in perfectly, and we were looking forward to it, and yeah, maybe there'll still be an opportunity down the road. But, uh, you know, congrats on the celebration, uh, even the impromptu one, and, and trying to recognize the date anyway, and I'm sure there'll be other ways to recognize it going forward. You know, as we talked about our um, founding at our convention this year, I mentioned the story about namex founder, W.A. Rutledge uh, of Iowa. I understand Holborn has a connection to him as well. Um, what is it? Uh, we do and ha ha and I sure can fill you in here because I actually had some fun with your
2: colleagues. Uh, earlier this year in one of your publications you referenced Mr. Rutledge as the individual who originally organized NAMIC all the way back in 1895 some 125 years ago. But there was one little problem, Chuck. You had a typo in the article, and you called him W. R. Rutledge. And (laughs) of all things, I'm one of the guys that happens to know his history, and I said, No, 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 it's not W. R. It's W. A. And so I had a little shame on us because we
1: know W. A. Rutledge.
2: Yeah, no, No, we we do
1: Rutledge on our board now.
2: Well, they okay, he's a good guy, and we know Ron well, actually we've known the Rutledges for over 40 years, I guess. Uh, as you well know, they are the patriarch family of Farmers Mutual Hail. And Farmers Mutual Hail deals with uh, a couple different reinsurance intermediaries. Uh, we're, we're one of those. And they've been a client with us since the uh, 1990s. So yeah, we, we know a lot about the Rutledges and their family history and you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's it's glorious history, quite frankly, both the formation of
1: their company and uh, and of Namic itself. So that's the connection. Yeah. Well, thank you for catching us in an error, uncharacteristic error, but uh, we do know Wa and the Rutledge family for you know about 125 years now. So at least institutionally, not personally. So Frank, as we look at this year that has been so full of. Uh, catastrophes, uh, natural disasters, and we've had records all over the place from California wildfires where we had to have a new term point for wildfires that burn a million acres at a time to that derecho in the Midwest, which was the most powerful, most expensive convective storm uh, on record. Um, can you maybe talk about the breadth of the cat events we've experienced during 2020 and really particularly that derecho in the Midwest? Yeah, August 10th is a a day that will live in infamy uh, in the upper Midwest
2: and in Iowa in particular. No, thanks for the question. And, yeah, I think Holborn is actually uniquely positioned to assist our clients. And much of it, quite frankly, comes from our tenure and our experience and the long-term relationships that we've built with the clientele over decades. Um, 2020 is a bellwether year from so many perspectives. But purely from an insurance, reinsurance point of view, when you start adding in the impacts of COVID-19 to the multitude of caps sustained, uh, it's pretty clear it's it's going to be probably close to a world record year in terms of just raw losses. And more importantly, though, it's, it's one of these market disrupting years um, containing a multitude of events. So from a Holborn perspective, And the way we try to assist our clients, it really makes me think about other market disrupting events or periods in time. Uh, My own personal background, I uh, I entered the industry in the mid 1980s, right at the height of the liability crisis, uh, lived through Hurricane Andrew, um, which hit in August of 92. And as you well know, that led to the birth of the commercial cap models Uh, It led to the birth of the Bermuda Cat Market. Uh, 9-11, of course, the major event where we we just saw such an incredible clash is the term of loss between property and aviation, life, liability, workers' compensation, and the fact that it was a man-made event uh, and not a Mother Nature event. Uh, A little later on, uh, they talked about KRW, Katrina Rita Wilma, and the period of 2005 of those major events hitting but of course they hit and what a lot of people lose sight of the very year after there were four major hurricanes that hit florida in 2004 and it really altered the way capital requirements um, were revisited by rating agencies and and regulators and models were recalibrated and importantly there was a capacity shortfall in the reinsurance end and rates were driven skyward so so here we are in 2020 and i'm starting to hear lots of comparisons of 2020 equaling or potentially exceeding the volume of cat losses that we had you know back in that 2005 period and you know aside from the derecho and i do want to comment on that specifically but but again as you know this is not new news but we're, we're tracking the event that hit hell it hit my own house and i lost a bunch of shutters and things um which we didn't lose in Sandy in 2012, but we lost from something called Isaias, hard, hard to pronounce, with Then Hurricanes Laura and Sally and Delta and Zeta and throw in the California wildfires, which have been extreme. It's just been an unbelievable year. But of all the events, we are, I think, best positioned to provide insight on the derecho, which hit on August 10th. And if I can, let me, let me just put some color to this because I think this might be of interest to your listeners. Envision a Cat 4 hurricane landing smack in the middle of Iowa and moving from west to east at great speed. And it's a bellwether event, it's a historic event for Holborn and our clientele. I, I think we'll probably have a record number of clients having some degree of participation in the event overall, we'll, give or take, we'll have 15 or 20 clients or so. But And many of them are your members as well. So th- let me give a few for instances here. We have Wisconsin-based clients who do business uh, you know, in Iowa and the affected states, companies like Acuity and American Family, uh, Wisconsin Reinsurance, uh, Minnesota-based companies like Federated Mutual, uh, North Star Mutual, um, we uh, are brokers for nationwide itself and you may recall nationwide uh, had merged with a company in des moines called allied mutual uh, significant presence in the iowa market uh, and also the, right. what used to be called the farmland mutual now rebranded nationwide agribusiness so you know a very big presence in the farm market uh, we also happen to be the brokers for usaa and then, of course, in Iowa itself, aside from Farmers Mutual Hale, whom I mentioned, we handle the IMT uh, Grinnell Mutual. And uh, you, you know that Grinnell is the leading writer uh, of farm mutuals uh, in the upper Midwest. And the United Fire and Casualty Group, based out of Cedar Rapids, or UFG as they're called today. So anyway, I mentioned all of this because these companies, when taken together, literally dominate the marketplace where the derecho hit in terms of personal lines, commercial lines and the farm marketplace overall. And just by happenstance, given the makeup of the loss and the geography, the geographical footprint it hit and our clientele, it gives us a pretty unique insight into to what happened. Um, and, I, and I think all in those clients added up were more than 25% of the total marketplace. So we're we're in knee deep on this one, um, and even before commenting on maybe how Holborn has assisted, I, I have to tell you the pride with which we have—it's—it's just—it's—we exude pride in being able to work with these companies because the way they have helped their policyholders in the immediate aftermath of this event—it's it, mind-boggling and you know, the media completely whiffed on it and, and missed covering this event. Um, and I'm not talking just about the speed with which they're settling claims, which has been blinding. It's amazing the way they've helped policyholders financially at the time of their, their highest duress, if you will. But uh, we have a number of people that work at these companies that right after the event occurred, of course they had no power um, it, it, it's hot, it's summer, but they got right out and pulled out the chainsaws and were part of the cleanup crews and going in the small towns and clearing debris. And we had employees of our insurance company clients working with the local church and or the local helping with the local colleges to, to provide meals. Um, to, to me, there's an iconic photograph. We saw it on LinkedIn. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but if, if you should take a moment, and look at it. Jeff Maneri is the CEO of Grinnell Mutual. Uh, He is now wheelchair stricken because of an affliction with West Nile virus. And the day after the derecho hit, he's in the parking lot at Grinnell handing out the lunches to all the people that came by. And it's just this whole notion of, you know, the neighbor helping thy neighbor and the spirit that's still alive and well. and, And we're just proud to be a part of that. Um, and, and so yeah. I, I have to mention that it's amazing what these companies oh, yeah. have done to help society and it's gone unnoticed, I think, in the press.
1: Well, so, we we can rarely count on the press to cover these kind of stories of our industry doing a great job, but uh, we know they're there. And particularly among, you know, that group of great mutual companies who, like all our members, are focused entirely on serving their member policyholders in times like this. and. Uh, and they do shine, and sometimes it's noted, but uh, often it's just noted by those uh, people whose lives they help put back together. So, Well, they, 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 should, well, they really they des- deserve kudos and get credit. So we've tried to help
2: the clients, in turn, in a multitude of ways, but the, the obvious is we collect the reinsurance losses. So we are uh, we're, we're talking about here, I, I don't know if the number ultimately will exceed a billion, but it's certainly well into the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I could tell you the performance of the global reinsurance industry has also been superlative. We've collected monies from Lloyds of London, from Bermuda, from the continent in Europe, from the Far East, from the USA. It's it's amazing how effective the system works. Of course, it's a wholesale system, so nobody sees it in the public eye, Um, but it's worked, it's worked well, and it's it's supported the surplus positions of these mutuals, so they in turn can serve their policyholders. Uh, we've also done a lot of work. Again, nobody will see this work, but we, we assess the models and the risk itself. And interesting, the models are off. You know, they only seem to be off. We learn from them like, with the passage of time. Some of the models suggested this event was sort of like a one in a thousand year event. Um, it's not that we don't believe, but we do know from the clients we work with it's it certainly, it's a tail event in the vernacular. Uh, as you know, a lot of these clients that I mentioned are 100-plus-year-old companies, and in many cases, this was either their largest historical event, or if not the number one, it was you know right up toward the top. Um, I guess the funny thing, though, is when these tail events occur, they don't seem like tail events. <laughs> You, you have to live with them. Right. Uh, it looks right. It looks like the, the market's kind of settling in that this is probably in the magnitude of a one in a hundred year event, like, you know, give or take. But in, in evaluating that risk and looking at how well the models performed or didn't, as the case may be, it does help our clients ultimately set their pricing, uh, reevaluate coverages and deductibles. Uh, you may have seen a lot of the the grain storage bins they look like crushed cans in many instances and so now there's a they're being rethought in terms of how those should be constructed going forward and and fortified um, to withstand this type of wind field and so on and, yeah. and then I guess finally we 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 have to evaluate the performance of the reinsurance program um, I'm really really pleased to say that all of these losses as big as they are will be contained within the limits of the overall reinsurance programs uh, purchased by our clients uh, which is always a good thing and so what it means is at the end of the day the reinsurance worked as intended uh, they always talk about reinsurance almost like a shock absorber on a car uh, absorbing volatility and, and clearly that's what's what's happened here the reinsurers have absorbed an awful lot of volatility and the, and the positions of our clients it, the main uh, have not been terribly impacted so they're in good shape to continue to serve their holders going forward
1: well it's a great story and you're right the wholesale nature of reinsurance and reinsurance brokerage uh is just not apparent to uh, really anyone except uh, those who pay a lot of attention to insurance and of course remember companies who know that uh, you know it's absolutely essential to their business so thank you for um for that valuable role. Last question, as we're running out of time, but um, I have to ask it because it is, I think, um, close to uh, our mutual uh, model that we know works so well for Amic member companies and their policyholders, but you led the effort to convert Holborn into an employee owned uh, ESOP organization. Can you explain the benefits? I think I have a sense of what the benefits are, but maybe from your own perspective, um, you know, what the benefits are for your firm and for your clients? Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's, a, it's a great question. And the, the short answer is, is this prior to
2: us becoming employee owned in 1998. We were a family owned business. Uh, the one that owned the firm getting up in years did not have heirs to come into the business. So he had an estate planning issue to deal with. Uh, had plenty of opportunity to merge with other firms. But we polled our clients and our our clients told us emphatically they they wanted us to stay independent and to find a way to trade forward and not roll in with another company Um, our clients i think have a lot of trust in our capabilities and they like choice Um, we we have this mantra and again it's a little cheesy but it but it works that the client is king or if you're a client of Holborns, you, you, you almost by definition want to be a big fish in a small pond. But behind that, what it really means and means to our people is we don't focus on ourselves. We don't focus on outside shareholders uh, or private equity ownership or whatever that may be. We focus purely on serving the needs of our clients uh, and it works well. So we came up with this ESOP structure So, because by definition, it disperses the ownership. Everybody in the company owns a share of the company. On a non-contributory basis, you're awarded shares. These become the basis of your retirement account. So everybody's got an interest, every stake. And if we don't do well at our jobs, we could be replaced in a nanosecond. Poof, there goes your retirement account. So we we have a lot of talented people with a common focus, and it's all about the team. It, It creates a a natural teamwork environment, and it allows, importantly, for perpetuation. We won't have this single employee ownership succession planning problem. Um, We we have an ability now to have a mechanism to perpetuate the company forward, remain independent, and continue to serve uh, our clients. And so in many ways, actually, the ethos of Holborn is very similar to the mutual philosophy and owned by the policyholders and servicing those policyholders. So I, uh, I feel really good about our ESOP. I'll tell you what, it, what it's really done in particular uh, in the uh, 20 or so years we've been employee-owned is it's taken a family-owned operation and created a full-fledged professional institution and it's, it's no surprise really that with the engagement and the ownership engagement of all the employees, we've massively improved our capabilities and we've had our most significant growth, uh, in recent years. And I got to tell you, Chuck, in many ways, we feel like we're just getting started. We, we, we feel like a startup company in lots of respects.
1: Um,
2: so it's working very, very well. Uh, I I did an article recently and said, we're not for sale. (laughs) We get hit on a lot by people that want our competitors want to acquire us.
0: uh, These money, money
2: managers on wall street want to give us money and the like. And, you know, we don't need it. We don't want it. We, we, we love what we're doing. um, And we're just blessed to have an unbelievably faithful clientele, uh, high class individuals and, it's working incredibly well, and you know, long may it continue. You're right. I'm only the third CEO. Uh, in the not too distant future, there will be a fourth. Um, but we do, we believe in long-term relationships, and we really believe in the benefits of long-term relationships, uh, like NAMIC in the
1: way you approach your membership. Well, Frank, um, I think it's a good time to say thank you. Thank you for your work with us. Uh, the trade association of so many of your clients, and of course, with your clients, who support their policyholders because of the uh, support you're able to give them through reinsurance, which is essential to their business. And congratulations on the 100 years. Uh, I'm sure we'll be celebrating can I, down the Can here.
2: We will, can I say one last thing sure. before I sign off? Because I know, sure. I, know, I know for me personally, it's an incredible honor to be the captain of the ship as we hit our centennial. And I know the same is true for you as you hit 125. Uh, I just want you to know that I've personally attended every NAMIC annual meeting since 1986. I I think the one after 9-11 was canceled and this year was virtual. Those were the only exceptions, but Holborn, right? Holborn has really enjoyed a very warm, I'd say maybe mutually rewarding and even mutually dependent relationship with NAMIC. Uh, Long may that continue. Uh, but to you, Chuck, I have to say this. You have led NAMIC with class and with grace, and I just want you to know that that has not gone unnoticed. Congratulations to you. Uh, we will miss you. I, I hope we continue to work together in some capacity going forward. Um, but you've done a hell of a job for the industry that you serve, and I didn't want to sign off without saying congratulations on a, on a job very well done.
1: Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. And thanks for the time today on uh, Insurance Unscripted.
0: And that's a wrap for us on Insurance Uncovered this week. Once again, thank you to Holborn for sponsoring this episode. And thank you to all of our listeners. We're grateful for your support. We'll be back on December 9th for our final podcast of 2020. Until then, I'm Kathy Imus. Stay safe and have a wonderful Thanksgiving.